Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, Postables. You're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, hosted by Casey, Jess, and me, Cammie. Special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use his amazing music. Now, sit back, relax, grab a Yoo-Hoo and a stamp collection, and here we go. Welcome back, Postables, and we have somebody very, very special and very dear to all of our hearts to introduce to you, Mr. Jeff Gustafson. Hi, Jeff. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Welcome to Deliver Me a Podcast. We are so, so happy that you're here. Oh, well, thanks for having me. It's really fun. Oh, and I brought you a little something. Here you go. (laughs) Oh, get out of here. All right. So how have you been during quarantine? What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Have you picked up any new hobbies or anything like that? Um, Well, uh, just before quarantine, I actually got a new dog. So I, yeah, I got, I picked up, um, I adopted, well, I don't know. Do you adopt a dog? Yes, I guess you adopt a dog. Um, I got a a golden doodle, uh, eight week old. Uh, so I spent a good part of the quarantine being a dog dad, um, <laughs> which, was very, which was awesome because I, I, I do, uh, I live by myself. So it's, um, it, it, I ran the risk of being a bit lonely, but yeah. Lou, she, um, she kept me tons of company. It was, kept me on my toes. Yeah. My brother and his family, they just adopted a golden doodle. So that's kind oh, of wow. Funny. Yeah, they're so fun. They're perfect for mm-hmm. they're perfect for me. They don't they, she doesn't shed. She's very quiet. Um well so far. I mean she's still yeah. <laughs> very quiet. Uh super well behaved, very smart, um, like very mm-hmm. trainable. Um and now she's like now she's old enough she can go to doggy daycare, which gives me some time in the afternoon to get some work done if I need to get some work done and stuff. So Oh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. <laughs> and uh what's your favorite quarantine snack that you've been munching on? Oh man. You know ugh, this is so boring. Um <laughs> I I started uh, a salad a day. <laughs> Which is so. That's actually a really good idea. I wish I could do that. Avoid the quarantine fifteen salads. Yeah, Yeah. I um, I my one of the other things that I did uh, uh, during quarantine. um, What one of my brothers is a is a personal trainer, Um, and so he would do. I would do online via zoom uh workouts with him every morning ah. and he like used to be a chef and stuff so he's got like this business where he does the full you know canceling and diet sure. and workouts and plans and stuff so he put me on like this like really healthy one and uh <laughs> goodness he did because man it's bathing suit season and if i didn't do well, i mean i would Look, I have a dad bought at the best of times, so uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't need to add the COVID part to it, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I did, but I've been doing a salad a day. So I just make a point of like making a sentence so boring, but I do it and it's been delish. Um, 
Hey, it's uh, it's better than some alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's better than a I mean, pizza a day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Or ice cream a day. I mean, I wouldn't, I, you know, that'd be, that, especially. Uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, no, no judgment if anyone's doing that. I don't know if it happens to pizza myself. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? If there's one thing I learned during quarantine was like, just about everybody that, I, that I've spoken to that I'm close to has really like felt like they've really reset during this time and, and had a lot of opportunity to, to focus on where they put their energy and, and who's, who is being served by that energy. And, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people that I, I know have, have realized that, that maybe they spend a bit too much time worrying about stuff that doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, I don't know, if you want to eat ice cream every day, why wouldn't you? It's delicious. <laughs> Indeed. You said that you said that you have uh, a couple of brothers. How, how many siblings do you have? Oh, I have uh, three brothers and a sister. Oh, I understand yeah. her pain. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're two, two different families. My parents got divorced when I was real little. Oh, okay. So, um, no, my sister is on my dad's side, and she's the youngest. She just had a baby right before quarantine, too. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That'll be keeping yeah. her busy. <laughs> right? That'll be keeping her busy. Yeah. Oh, man, she's such a great mom. I obviously haven't had much chance to go and visit her, but um, as soon as we could, uh, she lives uh, in an area of BC called Vancouver Island. So she's over in a little town called Nanaimo uh, with her husband and her son. And uh, man, she, um, she is such a great mom. She, she just is like, she's so happy. He, she and her husband are just like, they're fantastic parents. It's so nice to see. I'm, I'm quite a bit older than my siblings. Um, She's uh she's about thirteen years younger than me, but she's uh gosh she was it was just so nice to see her like like really blossom, you know it was it's so great she's she's a terrific mom. That's wonderful. Yeah, my oldest brother is thirteen years older than I am, and it's uh, completely biological. So, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, it's uh, yeah we've got a we've got a big family. So, uh, well. We bring you all of the well wishes and love from the Postables. They are so excited to hear from you and to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah, they are so, so excited that, you'll, that you're giving an interview because it's been a while. So let's get to it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And yes, I just have to say you broke our Twitter. When I was like, oh, oh you, yeah, you broke our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the postables went crazy. I mean, good in a good way, of course. Yeah, between you and Eric, we were we were bombarded. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. They love you. Uh, they, they love, love you guys. guys. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. That's like it's nice to. It's been a while since we since we um, did a film, and uh, you know, it's nice to hear that uh, people haven't lost lost faith and that they're still excited mm-hmm. about the prospect of another one. There's yes. a there's a rewatch every Friday night. Mm-hmm. Get out. No, every Friday they night. They get on Twitter and, and tweet together. Yeah, and then oh, wow. when and then when they get to to the altar, then they we just start, start over. over. <laughs> yep. I hear it. That's that's fantastic. What a treat. Yeah. yeah, they they love you. They love you guys. And that's part of why we're doing it too, because we we do miss the show so much, and we're like, you know what? Let's just do this series because you know we haven't recapped it, and it's a whole lot of fun. So it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So Jeff, um, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into acting? Um. Well, actually, 
okay, how did I get into acting? Uh, I, well, I started in high school, like a lot of people. Uh, that was a super long time ago. Um, but then when I graduated high school, I, I joined a, a comedy troupe uh, in the town that I'm from, where Crystal Lowe is from as well, a town called Maple Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we did that for a little bit. And then I went away to university. Um, and I, my grade, to be honest, my grades were not particularly good. And so I had to go, I, I discovered that to go to the University of Victoria on Vancouver Island, um, that it was a little bit easier to get accepted if you went in the summertime. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went, I applied and I got in uh, and I went and spoke to academic counseling and, and had sort of set up my schedule for the next three years to finish my uh, English degree. And then um, near the end of the summer, about a week before the fall semester started, I got, I was living in residence at the, at the university and I got a letter from the theater department and it said that I was the next one on the wait list to get into uh, the acting program. And the truth is I had totally forgotten that I had applied and it wasn't on my radar <laughs> at all um, but I guess I had ticked a box for what I was interested in and I was like oh I, mean, I love acting um, but it never really occurred to me that I would do an acting degree <laughs> but as soon as I got so excited as soon as I, did, I, could, I got on the phone and I called the you know, the, the, the department and uh, theater and spoke to a woman named Catherine and um, she she was like you know what call me tomorrow or call me on Wednesday. It was a Monday. Call me on Wednesday. and I'll, I'll let you know if you're in. And she called me the next day and said that I was in. So that was the, that was how I got into it by accident. Wow. Um, and then um, I still actually didn't really think that I was going to be an actor. I, I, it seemed really far fetched to me. Um, I, my, my family is uh, for the most part, they're pretty academic. My, my parents were teachers. My mom is a, a professor. My stepfather is a pathologist. Uh, my cousin's a lawyer. My other cousin's a nurse. Like everybody is very, very well educated. So I, I really felt uh, maybe a bit of a sense of obligation to go into something that that was mm-hmm. a bit more academic. So I ended up doing a theater and education degree uh, with the intent of, I guess, being a drama teacher or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, when I finished my degree at, at the end of '99 and moved back to Vancouver in 2000, I. I kind of a series of weird events sort of happened where I was in a position where I could, I could take this like really great um, uh, job working in childcare and just decided I, I kind of bumped into a, a woman, that I, a woman named Erin Carpleck, who is an actress as well. She did a, a show in Canada called uh, being Erica for a number of years. Oh, and yeah, she, heard of it. yeah. And she said, you know, you should really give it a stab. And so I, uh, I, I, I kind of followed her lead and didn't have a whole lot of success for a couple of years. And then I decided to move to Toronto. And then that's when things really turned around for me. That's when I started doing a ton, a ton of commercials in Canada. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I it wasn't really what I, I liked it, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I moved back to Vancouver and I miss my family a lot. Uh, so I moved back to Vancouver and really haven't looked back. That was 2005. So 15 years ago, uh, just about this time, 15 years ago, and uh, haven't really looked back. It's been pretty steady um, work since. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Wow. Great. That's awesome. So you and Crystal have known each other for quite some time. Um, she's also told us that. Um, yeah. 
and you both were in Primeval New World together. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Oddly enough, we barely worked together on that show. We were both like, we worked all the time, but Rich, her, I was this weird military guy and she was like, like worked with the main, the main leads. So we didn't actually, we were together for like, whatever that is, four or five months working, but we didn't have a ton of scenes together. Oh. Oh. We knew who each other were, and we filmed in Maple Ridge a lot. Our main studio was Maple Ridge. Right. Gotcha. That's always that's always a fun story when you know uh, Crystal told us that you guys happen to always run into each other. Running into each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's been a, it's a, it's a, she's she's significantly younger than I am, um, but we have mutual friends. Like my closest friend's younger brother was in the same grade as her boyfriend who was a little bit older so there was a kind of a strange connection there Mm -hmm. Um, did anybody follow that (laughs) Uh, so my closest friends are the Labine brothers so Cam Labine who works for Ubisoft uh, as a lead Mm. writer uh, and then his younger brother Tyler Labine is quite a successful actor as well he's on a show called New Amsterdam Um, oh yeah Uh, so he was in the same grade as Crystal's boyfriend. Okay, uh, gotcha. A bit older than Crystal, so that's kind of how we connected. So we would see each other occasionally at, at parties and stuff. And and I don't know, did she did she tell you anything about what she used to look like when she was uh, in in high no. school? No, <laughs> no. Okay, well I'm gonna let her share that with you. She she was she was very um, I don't know what can I say. I don't think anything I can say is appropriate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It was quite, uh, I don't know. She had like a very Jennifer Lopez, Jenny from the Block thing going on. For a oh, yeah. okay, she okay, like, all right. Uh, very baggy pants and halter tops. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I like outing her a lot. So. <laughs> well, just a little teaser for the end. You might have a chance to out a lot of people a lot when we get to our little fun segment at the end. Oh boy! Okay. We'll save that for later. <laughs> we've all got a little. We've got fun. a little SSD version of Teen Beat. So mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So prepare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so another project that you were in that I actually did not realize you were in until you know just very recently is Once Upon a Time. You were the eighth dwarf, stealthy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that experience? Um, sure. Like I, you know, the truth is I didn't do again. I didn't do a ton of work on that show, but just being mm-hmm. a part of that show at that time, I I remember being on set. Um, the morning after they had premiered and it was, it was such an incredible experience that the, you know, the main leads, um, Jenny and, uh, Josh, Josh, Jennifer wasn't there that day, but, um, they, they were so excited and the executive producers were, were, you know, they they had done, their numbers were fantastic. And it was just Mm -hmm. such a cool experience to be around. And then they promptly put an arrow in my chest. And no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, it was, it was tons of fun. It was like a massive production, you know, Mm -hmm. like they, they really, 
they did such a f- fantastic job. And then they would bring me back every, every season or so just mm-hmm. to kind of fit me in somewhere. But it was, yeah. it was pretty, I did actually feel quite honored that I got to be like the dwarf that nobody knew existed. Yeah. <laughs> this like, um, the, I guess this like fairy tale about, about my existence and how I saved, uh, um, grumpy. And, yeah. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, when he and Snow White met for the first time. And um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. It is, it is, uh, I am the tallest dwarf. I don't know if you've noticed that. And I'm never the tallest anything. Like I'm I'm not even the tallest sibling. I'm like, so it's uh, sometimes when I'm watching that show, I'm like, oh, maybe if I had just been a bit shorter, they would have used me more. <laughs> but it was fun. A lot of time in the chair getting prosthetics on. It would take a, the turnaround was, uh, was, there was very, very long days on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to the other dwarves. Uh, Cause they, they had to do it a lot. Like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, man, it was, uh, I actually, um, here's something I, they didn't, I didn't have my own prosthetic ears and nose. I actually have, I'm not going to get this right, but I have two of the other dwarves. Like I have one, I think I have Dopey's ears and then maybe uh, somebody else's, no, I can't make this up, but like Sleepy's nose or something, you know, like, oh my like it's not, yeah, they, they kind of, the together. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, you know, we're like Frankenstein to me a bit. Human jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that's so fun. And we're we're glad that they brought you back a couple of times because, I mean, the story is just so intricate. You have the fu- like the past and then the future and it's all combining in some weird convoluted way. So yeah, And the underworld and stuff was really mm-hmm. a, a neat part that was fun to be a part of for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on to Hallmark, you've done quite a few projects outside of um, Signs Still Delivered. And one that was quite a switch was Darrow and Darrow, which, spoiler alert, you played <laughs> the murderer. Um, what was it like creating a character like that after playing someone like Norman for so long? I had totally forgotten I was the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently that left That's an impression. <laughs> No, it wasn't me. Wasn't it the, my wife? Wasn't she the murderer in the no, end? Either, either you, either, I haven't watched it in a while, but yeah, either I, you were the I murderer or you to, covered. Either you were the murderer or you covered it. Yeah. 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 I tried to protect my wife in the end. You were involved. Um, <laughs> you were involved. <laughs> I was definitely, look, I was a criminal. <laughs> An accomplice. Uh, it was, um, it was fun. I'd, I'd worked with, um, the director before on psych and yeah uh, and he um you know he he ran a pretty tight ship but he was pretty like easy going in terms of like finding a bit of humor here and there and i and working with um kim and tom uh was was such a treat like tom tom has been in vancouver for a very long time he's obviously had success in the united states as well but it was really really great to get to work with a guy like that and and kim is awesome too like like such a great, mm-hmm. so welcoming both of them. And um, I actually bumped into Kim at a TCA event. And I, I've since, since we've started uh, Sign Sale Delivered, I've, I've had to start wearing glasses. My eyes have, <laughs> my eyes have not aged as well as my skin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, uh, 
oh, that sounded really like arrogant. Um, <laughs> oh, no. You look great. You have every right to say it. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I actually bumped into her at a TCA event, but I hadn't brought my glasses and I totally thought she was someone else. Oh, no. Oh. I, was, I was talking to her uh, and then I realized afterwards, I was like, why was that so awkward? And I put my glasses on and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> I was like, that's when I realized I was like, I gotta wear my glasses all the time. Cause yeah. this can't happen ever. Again. Yeah, um, yeah Darren, it was, it was a ton of fun. It, it was, you know, Hallmark is very, is uh, very gracious in terms of like, uh, you know, offering me parts and giving me opportunities to work. So um, I, I do feel like a, uh, a bit of responsibility to, to to make sure that I do do the work. I think sometimes it's a bit easy to, mm -hmm. you know, um, Hallmark can Hallmark has like a very a very broad demographic in terms of what it's um, it, you know what it's draw where where it draws its audience from and yeah and I think I think with that I, sometimes it can feel like a little bit like maybe you can you can take a day off or be a bit easy about your work on that and so I. Uh, Getting to getting to do something different than Norman, who is very very particular uh, yes. and very specific in his behaviors and, and you know physicality and stuff, and getting to kind of stretch outside of that was a lot of fun. And, and you know, Hallmark Hallmark does a good job in, in terms of like encouraging me to do that. So yeah, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a while back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the turnaround on these things is not always good. <laughs> <laughs> can take nope. some, I think they're on their fourth. They just did their fourth. That was the second one that I. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Another one that you did that made me laugh was the um, professor in Emma Fielding. Because oh, uh, you were very not Norman-like, and it just made me giggle. Because I, I like seeing it, you know, actors in different, you know, types of work. So that was always sure. fun to see too. But yeah, and, uh, and I loved you. And right before Christmas, I, I just thought you as Drew Seeley's big brother and manager was just. <laughs> I never would have put the two of you together, but you worked really well together. Thank you. Yeah, Drew's a really terrific guy. I, I, um, to be honest, embarrassingly, I, I was, I, I knew who he was, but I hadn't realized how um, significant his musical career was. Like he's, mm -hmm. quite a, he's a very accomplished uh, singer. Yep. Um, you know, I, he sang Zac Efron's parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what he did. The, oh, High School Musical. High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Hallmark, I get to work with like fantastic people at Hallmark. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a real privilege. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, you have an upcoming project that I believe just was filmed um, with Paul Campbell and Kimberly Sustad. Uh, the yeah. Wedding Every Weekend. Is there anything that you can tell us about it or tease about it? Um... I'm hilarious in it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I expect nothing less. Well, you and Paul, wow, that's going to be a trip for two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, we play, uh, we play very close friends. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I feel like I should be a little bit careful in terms of what I, what I share because mm -hmm. I don't actually know. Oh, so of course. It's yeah. a bit of a strange, strange time. With, we, we got to work when um, one of the first shows back in Vancouver when we could mm -hmm. – uh, mm -hmm get out of quarantine mm -hmm. um but i had actually i hadn't realized and my agents didn't tell me but i had booked it 
like probably the day before quarantine and then quarantine happened. So they didn't tell me about it because obviously it was, they didn't know what the, what world it was in at that point. So it was an absolute shock to like, basically, okay, guys, quarantine's over. And then they just call, okay, hey, Jeff, the, this show that we didn't tell you about is back on and they're going <laughs> to time. And I was like, what? Where's that? I've just been like relaxing so much for three months and now I'm back <laughs> aggressively. Um, but it was, it was a ton and ton of fun. It, uh, again, um, uh, Kevin Fair directed it and he, he directs a lot oh, good. of delivered stuff and he and I are quite close friends. So um, such a treat to get to work with him. Um, I, I do have to say that uh, the, our COVID coordinator, I don't, I think that's the title. Um, she was excellent, excellent, excellent. The, the protocols and for safety stuff on, on set were mm-hmm. spectacular and, oh, and good. Um, I felt very safe and um, it, you know, they do the tests every day and they, um, you know, everybody's in their masks and there's like very specific social distancing stuff going on. So it was, I was a bit wary of it, but mm-hmm. they put that to rest very quickly. I was very comfortable, felt very safe. Um, That's yeah, Paul Campbell is, uh, an incredible treat to work with again. Um, w- one of the things that was really nice about this, uh, in, um, was that the cast was all Canadian, which, which rarely happens on a whole. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So, um, it was it was such a it was such a treat to kind of get back to to it in Vancouver with Vancouverites, you know. Like it felt mm-hmm. like a it felt like a bit of a celebration, to be honest. And, and um, Kim Susted is is was so welcoming. I she actually worked on Primeval New World a tiny bit. She played Niall Mater's um, wife. Oh, okay. Uh, and then she had. Um, anyways, she. But we knew of each other, but I don't think that we had met. I think we had met briefly at a coffee shop through um, another actress in town, a woman named Sarah Canning. Um, but I knew that she was funny, but I hadn't realized, like, she is hilarious. And her <laughs> and Paul together, they're quite close friends as mm-hmm. well. Um, they both have young families and stuff, and they, they, they do um, social stuff together. But oh. they are incredibly competitive with each other. Like, <laughs> oh dear! It's so so funny. There's a there's a scene where we go and play flag football, and they're on opposing teams. Oh and dear! The stuff that they were saying to each other in between takes is some of the funniest stuff that I've seen that I've been around on set. Like oh. it was hilarious. They have fantastic chemistry together, and they, oh. they clearly they clear they clearly get along very well, and they get each other's humor. And it was just really again just a nice treat to be around that, especially coming back from, from the quarantine and stuff. Oh yeah. wow! All right, postables. Grab your Yoo-Hoo, because here we go. <laughs> we're, we're getting deep into the science field delivered. Let's go. <laughs> so what drew you to Norman's character? He's, he's, um, he's a kind of an odd fella, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, endearing, of course. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, there's a handful of things. I, I think the... I mean, Martha Williamson is such a fantastic writer and she, she is so generous in terms of the way that she um, collaborates. Uh, so she presented this, this idea of this, um, you know, very introverted, nervous, shy, um, stamp collector, postal worker guy. And um, 
just through a series of conversations and some, a little bit of filming and stuff, we, we landed on his very mixed uh, background and family structure. And, and I, I come from, uh, I, uh, my family is, is quite different. The, my siblings are a lot younger than me. They're in two different families. I didn't grow up with them all the time and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And because I am a fair bit older, I missed a lot of the, my youngest brother is 16 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, I did really glom on to this rich, maybe uh, unorthodox family structure that, that Martha had painted for me. Um, and out of that, I, I exaggerated some of my own kind of um, anxiousness around fitting in and mm-hmm. feeling a bit self-conscious at times. And, and, and she encouraged it and uh, Martha encouraged it and really helped, um, helped flush out this, um, this very like, he's a very determined, loving uh, entity on the show. Like he, his, I feel like sometimes he's braver than I am just given sort of his, his fears of, of acceptance and, and yeah. being understood. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, I, the truth is I, 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 I kind of wish I could meet him. <laughs> like, like I don't, I, not because I think I'm like a fantastic, fascinating actor, but like, like there's just something, I don't know. He's, there's a little Peter Panniness about him that I think um, I would, I would, I would just like to see him in action. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Put him in some, some different scenarios and see, see how he, see how he does. (laughs) I don't know, chaperoning a prom or something. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That would be hysterical. We got the field kit and everything. Oh, he's got so much fun with that. The sunglasses. Totally. Totally. Oh my goodness. Weird squeaky chicken for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say is the biggest way your relationship has grown with your castmates since the first table read? Whoa. (laughs) 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 So much time. (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, okay. Could you ask me that one more time? Just so I'm like, yeah. Um, what would you say is the biggest way your relationship with your castmates has grown since the first table read? Um, that's a really, that's a tough question. There's, there's a, there's a lot of different ways. You know, it, I would, I would probably say, uh, you know, Eric has, there's a zillion ways to answer this question. Eric, (laughs) Eric maybe has, has like, like the kind of experience in this industry that, that you dream about, you know, he was on an incredibly successful show for a number of years Mm -hmm. and he's experienced like some of the, the, you know, massive pros of that. And then again, like some of the, like the, some of the stories he tells about how challenging it is to, to be in that position. Um, So I learned, I learned a ton about the industry from that guy. I remember in that there's a scene where, uh, gosh, it's in the, is it in the pilot or the first episode where we, I, I meet the, the older woman and we, we fawn over stamps together. And then I find yes. out that she passed That's the first episode. episode. The first episode. Yeah. Um, and, and I, there's a, there's a, we're at a concert or a, some sort of a, a 
a, a dancing event where there's like yeah. music and dance happening. And, uh-huh. and there's this camera push through the crowd onto me and I re- and I'm holding the stamps and I realize that she's, that she's passed away. And I, I put my head on his shoulder and, and that was like the first take. <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, I was like, really felt it in the moment, but it was kind of the, it was kind of a bit wide. Like it wasn't really the one that they were gonna like, would land on, you know? It was okay. like, it kind of, okay, okay, get all the way in. Um, and I, you know, I was like, kind of like, oh, whew, like resetting a bit. And he put his arm around me, and he, and I was like, man, this is really hard. And he went, yeah, welcome to the jungle. I feel like I just made it. (laughs) It was such a treat. And then, um, you know, like obviously Crystal and I come from, come from the same place. Um, I think her journey has been quite a bit different, you know, just by nature of, um, you know, her, her age and gender, and you know, a number of other reasons. And, um, you know, I, I just think the world of her just as a, as a person, um, and then to, to get to work with somebody who's so, available as an actress and um you know i learned a lot about feeling kind of safe i guess like we do a lot of like very intimate emotional work together and yeah that's something that i ever really thought that that i would end up getting to do you know just kind of by nature of the way that the path of my career was going and to get to work with somebody like that i i, I think just feeling like comfortable and safe and um you know, cared for in, in, in that is, is pretty, I don't know if it's rare, but it, it feels rare to me. And I, I feel, I'm just incredibly grateful for her. Uh, and then Boothie um, is like, again, like she, uh, her expertise and, and the way that she goes about her craft and, and the way that she shows up every day and, and, you know, like just her, her strength and of character and, and lack of ego and, um, you know, she's an incredibly successful person. And it, I think, I think it would be very easy for somebody with, with a less strength of character to rely on that and not, and not show up for work to work every day. You know, mm-hmm. um, you hear like, I mean, it's, you hear horror stories about, about um, actors and actresses all the time. But, but to be honest, I think that if I was to sort of glom that all into one thing, I would, I would say probably that, that um, if you really do put your best foot forward and you really do try to stay humble and you really do try to do your best work all the time and you and if you can put yourself in a position to trust the people that are around you, um, you can you can have like incredible success and and feel very rewarded in in that whether or not you end up making. I don't know, millions and millions of dollars or, or, or win an Oscar or an Emmy or whatever mm-hmm. kind of becomes a little bit irrelevant when you enjoy, mm-hmm. I really enjoy working on the show and I, I, I feel just tremendous gratitude for, for the opportunity to work with those three and plus Kevin Fair as the director and Martha Williamson and of course Joel Rice as the executive producer. And it's, it's, it just, it, since we did the pilot, oh gosh, seven years ago, mm-hmm. Um, I would just say like, just like my personal growth and development and just confidence in, in this industry and, in, and, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be filled with ego. It can, it can really sincerely be filled with um, generous, authentic artists. And, and I, I'm just incredibly grateful for it. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And yeah, we've talked to, um, you're the fourth that we've talked to, the fourth postal. Oh, so you're the last yep, one. You're the last holdout. Save the last. Save the, the best, best for last. last. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they all, they all echo your Remember four on the call sheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> member of the team. <laughs> but they all echo your sentiments. Um, you know, they just love work. The, the four of you, obviously, and it shows on screen and obviously off screen now that you all just, you know, adore each other and <laughs> love working with each other. Um, speaking of working with each other, do you have any memorable behind the scenes stories that you could, or a story you could share with the Postables? Especially about being Carol Burnett's grandson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I think that is very leading, but yes. <laughs> um, well, any behind the scenes is awesome, but I mean, we just, we, we cannot imagine what it would have been like to be Carol Burnett's grandson on screen. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So, a tiny bit of backstory. Uh, my dad, um, he, he introduced me to the Carol Burnett show. Uh, oh and i loved it i remember we would sit there and it's one of my like it's one of those things where i think about like when i think about my dad i mm -hmm. think about the carol burnett show a lot um just like harvey corman breaking character and carol burnett's tarzan yell and stuff and it's ah it's just <laughs> like it was such a dream come true when they said that she was gonna play my my grandmother and i told my dad and he was beside himself. He, <laughs> was, he it, it could, it was like I had said, you know, like I'd won a billion dollars, you know, like he, could not, he just could not, he was so excited, like so excited. Um, and uh, so uh, we, we, I was a bit nervous, right? Cause she's, you know, she's a genius and uh, I didn't want to overdo it, right? Like, I didn't want to go in and, like, try to be funny and, and stuff. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do my normal thing. And uh, she she shows up, and, and you know, the first scene, um, you know, she does this really hilarious thing where she mistakes Eric for me. Yeah. And she Pinch tells him and stuff. And I'm like, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be so hard to keep up with because already she's hilarious. <laughs> and so we do this, we do this little thing where – the, the, in that scene, uh, uh, the, you know, the a corrections made and then she, you know, takes my arm and then we go and we go to walk up this flight of stairs in the mailbox grill and then they go cut. And then she doesn't let go of my arm and she kind of starts dancing back down the stairs backwards. And I was like, oh, this is happening. This is happening. I'm doing a weird dancey improv thing with Carol Burnett right now. <laughs> she just kept doing it. It was like probably like a good 20 seconds of it. And I, I, I was like, oh my God, I hope they were still rolling. Oh, I hope they have that on film. I don't think that they do, but man, those are like, those are the things that happen on this show. Like, you know, Valerie Harper as well. And, um, mm -hmm. Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah. I had on my 40th birthday, I had lunch with Dick Van Dyke, you know, like, oh gosh, yeah, he ended up not being able to do the show for, um, I can't remember why he couldn't, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember, but he ended up not being able to do the show, but it, like, these are the kinds of experiences that I get to have at, at Hallmark. And it's like, it's just like for a guy from like a tiny, t like it's not a tiny town, but for a guy that like is from like a town outside of Vancouver, like it's, it, it's, it, Every time I think about these things, I'm like, that didn't happen to me. You know, like, <laughs> like a different me. Like I'm, somebody's telling me that I could have done this, but right. crazy. Like, um, you know, Eric and I, like, uh, man, we would like, 
in between takes, you know, we're just like doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing or making fun of, you know, making fun of Kevin, Kevin for some reason. I would make fun of Kevin Fair's wife. I'd never met her. I would like pretend to be her and like how irresponsible <laughs> she is and stuff. Like oh she's not, she's awesome. <laughs> she's hilarious. But, but it like just like weird, fun stuff like that. You, when you have like these super long days, when we were shooting the, the season, um, it was, it was pretty grueling. I, again, I bet. Yeah. As grueling as it could have been, but um, you know, and we're shooting like an hour out of town and, you know, you just can't, you really do just start relying on each other to kind of keep your spirits up because it's super easy to get, get exhausted and cranky and stuff. So, um, you know, like just little things like, um, you know, they like all of a sudden just somebody would hand me like a really great Americano misto. And I'd be like, who got this? Oh, Boothie got this for you. She sent, uh, she sent somebody to get coffees for everybody. I'm like, oh, oh man, how do I get so loud? Ah, it's too hot. This hot coffee in my hand. Garbage. Get out of here. Got your crystals is a perfect room temperature. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the big bear that was in several of the episodes? Uh, Do you mean Bear Tazar? Yes. Yes, you mean Bear Tazar. The very wise bear, yes. I have no idea. Okay. When we did when we did the recap, when we did the recap, we were wondering what was the story behind it. Was Martha's nephew a hunter and so and she decided to put that in or something like that? You know, honestly, as far as I know, um, it was the designer's choice. They had this bear and they thought it would be funny. <laughs> Okay. And, it, and they didn't move it. They, it just was there forever. Um, and every time, cause they would have to tear, tear that, uh, tear that set down. Cause it was in at a place called Britannia mines, which is like an old museum area in, just outside of Squamish. Uh, and you know, in there, they would have a, a seat like their busy season. So they would need this space. So we would have to like clear that out. And then every year that bear would be back. Like they wouldn't get rid of it. They'd keep the bear. So um, I think they ended up moving. We ended up having to move that set out to Mission. And I think the, mm. I can't remember if the bear came with us. I think it did once. And then I think it disappears after. I can't remember which oh. one. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have a story for the bear. The bear just was like somebody's, somebody thought it was funny and it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's cool. Maybe the works. bear will pop back up in, you know, the new <laughs> DLO. <laughs> it, it'll or, be a chain in uh, Oliver's wedding. Yes, yeah. He'll choose that over me as as his best man. Um, I do have a story about. I don't think you can see it in your background background there, Casey. But Mm -hmm. um, there is a there is a swear jar. Oh, we know about the swear Uh, jar. Please please tell us. Yes. Well, you uh, so you weren't allowed to swear on set. It was one of Martha's rules, and it was like really, you know, in terms of like working for Hallmark, it it really does make a lot of sense. You know, we we do really pride ourselves on. Uh, creating family, you know, family mm-hmm. appropriate. Uh, right. Like we, we, there's not violence, you know. So she had, um, she she said on day one, she said, look, I have a really specific rule. There'd just be no cursing on set. And again, somebody in, in the design department hung this swear jar in the corner <laughs> in between our, in between Eric's desk and my desk. And it was there all the time. Like it just, and then sometimes there'd be more money in it. Uh, <laughs> and then there's other times there'd be less money. You'd be like, Oh, I wonder who got to empty up the swear jar. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, uh, there's like this, it, it's, it's a pretty 
eclectic pile of weird stuff that really does make a ton of sense when you consider what the postables, these postal detectives are doing. Right. <laughs> well, then in that case, that was actually one of our um, Team Beat questions that we've asked Eric and Crystal now. So I feel like it's appropriate <laughs> to ask you, who contributes the most money to the swear jar? As far as you know. Oh, oh, that's a good question. I, you know, to be totally honest, and I would tell you if, if, if this wasn't true, uh, I, for the most part, like really probably 99% of the time, like people just like really took that note from Martha and really respected it. Um, you just, and you would like, sometimes occasionally you would get like a, a new crew member or something and they, you know, they might you know, drop an F-bomb or, you know, something, and you'd be like, oh, God, oh, no swearing on set, okay? And they'd be like, oh, seriously? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no swearing. Don't let Martha hear you. No. Um, so, you know, I don't think so. I, you know, probably me. I probably, I probably was the worst. Really? <laughs> wow. wow. Well, he's yeah. the first person to drop himself under the bus. Right. Well, yeah. so... Why? Who did they say? Oh, yes. So actually, this, this started on Twitter. Somebody asked about the swear jar and if it was a functioning swear jar. And so um, Eric name-dropped Kristen, and then uh, Kristen name-dropped Crystal. And then when we <laughs> talked to Crystal, she said it was her because she'll double swear. Like, she'll like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then she'll like swear for swearing again. Yes, so. <laughs> she definitely does that. And that, that's a, oh, yeah, you make fun of that every single time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, now that I think about it, Boothie, Boothie, uh, if she's in one of her moods. <laughs> but yeah, you know, occasionally every now and then. I mean, it can be pretty, if the timing is just so, it can be very funny. Yeah. Like, tension after a long day or something. Um, you know, or even just like, you know, like if you look at somebody and then just mouth it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're like, I didn't, but I didn't say it. I didn't engage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is your favorite movie and or episode of, of the, of the series? Or do you have a favorite scene that you really love to film? Any of that? Um, wow. Yeah. Look, there's a zillion scenes. I'm, in that I'm sure. Yeah. Mentioning, but off the top of my head, uh, obviously working with Carol Burnett was fantastic. There's the scene in the mine was, it was super challenging because it was quite noisy in there. So they had to make a few adjustments that, oh. that were a bit, uh, it, it meant that we had to shoot it kind of in one piece, which, which can be quite challenging. Sure. Um, but it was really good. That was really fun. But there's a scene earlier in that where um, I asked for help to open the, the papers that reveal my um, biological family. Oh, it made and me cry. Like, yeah, and, and that made me cry a lot. Um, <laughs> but it was like that scene was. It was really great. Not not just because it, you know it, it was a challenging scene to prepare for, and, you know, try to do justice to, and, and the writing was so like bang on that. Um, but because the three the three actors that are looking at me are so engaged and so generous in the energy that they're giving me. It was like, it, it was, it almost made the scene like easy because they mm. were so invested in and sincerely invested in, in this moment of terror that, that we've, we've come to understand that Norman is very concerned about 
feeling like he belongs, that he, mm-hmm. that he, he has a very extensive vision of what his family is in terms of like the, everybody's a cousin. Um, but then you discover <laughs> that he does have a connection to somebody biological and, and you don't know who it is. And he's really afraid of, of being rejected on that mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would say that was probably, that's like maybe my favorite scene. That being said, if, if that's one A, one B would be the marriage proposal scene. Uh, oh. I love that scene so much, uh, and Crystal is perfect in it. That when she goes, when she like, she's so like confused when I'm when I'm like talking what? about the one that we met, and it was like it just like you know she's again I, I, I'm I can't emphasize enough how fortunate I am to work with like these generous actors. Um, so that I love that scene, and that I had I'm trying to remember. I think I was just either I had just gotten married or I was just about to go away and get married for real. Oh. And, and I, I, there was like just something Martha and I had a very limited conversation about it. Um, and Kevin fair, the director and I had talked a bit about it. Uh, and I, I just like, there was just something so real about it. And I, th- I guess also because the, the growth of Norman and Rita together as a couple was, was it, they really took their time, you know, like mm-hmm. they didn't just, like, just kind of like make it happen right away. Right. It was like a full season before they even kissed kind of thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. so to get to kind of get to that place and really, you know, and not to mention that Crystal is so beautiful and, you know, to daydream about being married to her <laughs> is not that hard to do. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I would say that, that, that scene, like, uh, just, there's just some, there's like an undertone of sincerity that I think is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And like for me anyways, in, in terms of like being really, being really weird and Norman's fear again of being, even though he, he knows it's right, but there's still that, that fear of being rejected in that moment when she, when she says yes. And then he says, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the, the <laughs> kneeling and the crawling towards each other. And oh, it's so like, sweet! It's so cute. And like, it's like, uh, you know, just like it's just very joyful. So, yes. yeah, those are probably my two faves. Oh, um, if you could pick the one moment when Norman knew he loved Rita, what do you think that would be? Because oh, we kind of find out that Norman pretty much admits it in uh, an impossible dream when Chris, when uh, Rita is on stage, but what, and you know, it's such a, it's a very, very, very slow burn relationship. Uh, But do you think that there's one moment when Norman knew that he was in love with Rita? Well, I think it happens before the show starts, right? I I think when he talked in the, in the marriage proposal, when he says that's the, um, that's the woman I'm going to sort a lot of mail with. I think he knew in that moment, I think it was love at first sight. Um, but I, I think that there's like a, I'm trying to think like, this is a long time ago, but there's a couple of scenes. There's a scene where she comes in and she's really glammed up and we get to really see how like yeah, stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Yeah. You know it. But <laughs> yeah. We know her, that like, one. With her hair. And it's like, Whoa, Holy smokes. <laughs> um, I think there's like, there's a, they do that. They did this thing where they, they wanted, um, there's like a fan that blows mm-hmm. her hair. Yeah. Yes. 
it also blows mine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, talked about that, yeah. And Crystal, like, Crystal talked that about it. And I, you know, like, I, I, I don't think that, I'm not suggesting that that it was like a, you know, a, a shallow attraction. I, I think there's just like the, I think there's a moment there where he, he realizes that she's, she, she like him is more than what's on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's like, there's like a really, there's a lot of um, depth of character to Rita and, and that she has this, that she has this like outrageous beauty that, that, is available to her, but she 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 chooses to express that in a in a, in a ton of different ways. Mm-hmm. I think probably that's. I remember like they said they said something about like oh, I think it was Kevin or I think it was Kevin. Maybe it wasn't Kevin. I can't remember who the director. Anyways, they were like oh maybe you have a moment of like being overwhelmed and you can't talk. And I I didn't even have to act because I hadn't seen her before that. And she kind of <laughs> Oh right, you're so gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot that about you. Uh, so yeah, I would say probably that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to happen super early, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no animosity between the two of them. There's just there's a Norman trying to manage his his. I keep wanting to say neuroses, but I don't think that's reasonable. I think um, I, I think just his his. I don't know. What would you call, what would you call Norman's fears? He, he has like so many, like. His, uh, his, he's his, and his self, his self doubt, I would probably say. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it for sure. Yeah. His like, his deep seated self doubt that Mm -hmm. he knows. I feel like at the core, Norman has this, like, he knows that he's a genuine person and he knows the value of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a fear maybe that people won't know that mm-hmm. or that people won't see it. And mm-hmm. I think that, that there, there's some paralysis in that for him. Um, yeah. Like I said, though, I think he's an incredibly brave character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he grows a whole lot during the entire series, too. Absolutely. Yeah, he goes from having that weird hobbit hair. <laughs> <laughs> To a more, to a more uh, Oliver-esque hair and style. Right. It's pretty like, kind of like, kind of like crawls out of it like a little hole for a second. And then, he, and then by the end, he's like dressing himself and tying his ties and stuff. You know, like, great scene where, where um, Zach Santiago's character, Ramon, is, ties his, is, he's yes. like, Hi. yes. And he's slapping him in the face. That weird, like, giant, like, cartoon tie, whatever it was that, that was on there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fun scene. Well, mm-hmm. we, have a, we have a little special request. We, uh, we talked to an author called Ra- uh, named Rachel Fordham, and she wrote a book called Yours Truly Thomas, and it, uh, part of it takes place in a DLO in 1883, Oh, wow. And yeah, and she's a huge fan of the show, but she wrote the book before she found the show, which makes oh, wow. it even cooler. So she asked her kids what they would ask you if oh. they if they ever got a chance. And okay. so Gideon, who is age six, said, Gideon. you're the best, Norman. Did you really eat the spicy peppers? Oh, okay. Uh, well, thank you, Gideon. Uh, yeah, I- <laughs> I think you're pretty cool. That's great. <laughs> um, did I really like? Does like? 
okay, I can answer this two ways. Norman definitely ate the peppers. Jeff definitely did not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Norman is on the verge of death. <laughs> Jeff, yes. Jeff was saved by, by, um, by Crafty. Crafty saved the day <laughs> A less potent pepper. Um, Walter is four, and he wants to know what your favorite cartoon is. Oh, oh okay. Hey, Walter. Um, Wally. Yeah, I probably shouldn't call you that. I'll let somebody else nickname you. Um, okay, Walter, uh, my favorite cartoon. Okay, uh, let me just think. Let me think super hard on this because, I, again, I can answer this in a number of different ways. Uh, my favorite animated film is maybe Tortoro. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Tortoro, yes. Tortoro. I love that. I just watched it recently. Um, and then like my favorite like cartoon, I really loved He-Man and G.I. Joe when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, I loved Disney so much. Am I allowed to say that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're all yeah. Disney fans um, here. Like, you know, like maybe a more, like a little more mainstream thing. I, I do have the Disney channel. I'm just rocking Disney. Disney better hire me. Um, <laughs> I do, actually, when I go out, I play Disney movies for my dog. I leave a Disney movie on. So oh. that, know, there's a part of me that like goes like, mm, maybe, you know, in her waning dog years, she'll remember. Um, I leave Hallmark on for my dog, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in Canada, we don't have we don't have the Hallmark channel. So I know, yeah, I'm so sad. sad. Okay, I really want to answer this for Walter. Okay, um, I would say my favorite animated film is I really like Robin Hood, the one with the animals. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my favorite, and when I was probably Walter's age, yeah. <laughs> right. Titus, age nine, would like to know, does, do you <laughs> like, kids. I know, they're not, that, this is not even all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> he wants to know if you like Rita's cookies and how many cousins do you really have? And then he also says, we have foster kids at our house, so you're our favorite. <laughs> oh, wow. Titus, oh my gosh. Oh, this is a, this is a, uh, okay, do I really like Rita's cookies? I think that because you had to shove one in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was the in the Christmas special. Um, right. Yeah, I, I I think Titus. I think the answer is um, uh, Norman really really loves Rita and and doesn't ever want her to feel uh, like her best efforts aren't appreciated. So I would say he loves he loves that she loves baking cookies for him i would say that he probably isn't a super fan of <laughs> said cookies um and then the next part of the question was how many cousins do you really have you uh, oh jeff or yeah, norman jeff how, oh, how many oh, that's so hard because i have like my family's massive because there's two of them um, <laughs> so more than norman yeah. or less <laughs> On par. <laughs> or on par. Yeah, I, I honestly, I probably have between my mom, my dad, my stepmom, and my stepdad. I probably have like probably thirty. Wow. Yeah, okay. I have a lot of family. I have. Is it thirty? 
that might be an exaggeration. Maybe closer to 20, maybe 20. Hmm. Well, I have 89 first cousins on my dad's side, so <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> well, it's not a competition, Casey. <laughs> or have you know you had nothing to do with that. <laughs> all right the time has come it is time for our teen beat ssd style so um jeff on set who is most likely to play a prank boofy oh (laughs) really that's not the answer the other three gave (laughs) Well, Crystal said, I think Crystal, I think Crystal said, said Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. Crystal said Kristen. Uh, and Eric and said you. Also, yeah, but she also said Jeff. Yeah, look. <laughs> depends on the day. No, <laughs> are you guys joined forces and do, do pranks if together? I late, if I have a late call, meaning like if I get to start later in the day, right. and my mood is in, in a much better place than, say, Cranky Pants, who's been there since 5.45, getting my hair done. It's forever. <laughs> Uh, then yes, I will definitely poke the bear. Uh, <laughs> but Boothy does her fair share of uh, crank playing. She's a, so. She's what's what's the dark side? What was that? She has a dark side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know. Oh, we know. Yeah. We, we, we saw know. her Lifetime movie. <laughs> oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the one with her and Crystal? Yeah. Yes. yes. And yeah. She played the, the psychopathic killer. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, so what's a what's the best prank or joke that you've ever pulled? Kristen told us about the eight Kleenex boxes uh, in the table read because she was gonna start crying the second that you guys started reading the script. That, that was her favorite. Yeah, well, that's not really a prank though. That was no, just like, like the fantastic writing. Um, so what was sorry? What was the question again? What What's the best prank or joke that you've ever pulled on set? Oh, that's tough. That's really, that's a tough one. Like we're talking about, it's like there's so many years. Um, <laughs> right. Racking my brain now, because it's like, I feel like this is. What's, what's one that pops in your brain that comes quickly to mind? Oh, you know what? This is so cheesy. It's so, this is so childish. But Oh, we like it. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's too, it's like, it's too goofy. Okay, so <laughs> making fart noises <laughs> is always a killer like always a killer and you do it you do it subtly it must drive the sound people crazy because we'll get we'll get into like a non-stop like like right before the take starts you'll just give her a like a little <laughs> see inappropriate oh my yeah just toot noises make fart noises like children <laughs> There you That's go. Too funny. Well, Cammy and I both have kids. Cammy and John. Casey and I are the moms of the group, so we gotcha. Yeah, yeah. we get we get it. Yeah, and my daughters are three and four, and they've recently discovered the you know fashion the fascination with fart noises. So I mean, oh, it's, it's like hilarious. Right up our alley here. Oh man! I had some guy. I was doing a play one time, and this we were on. We were waiting in the wings. And he he just started doing Flight of the Bumblebee in a fart noise, and it was like I, I had, my role. I played a corpse, <laughs> like that was my role. Uh, and uh, man, I must have been the most 
the live corpse uh, after that because I could not stop laughing. It was so embarrassing. Oh, but he, that, my goodness. He, all of a sudden, <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, what are you doing? Don't do that. I have to go on stage. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so who is most likely to burst out into song between takes? Oh, that's tough. I would, I, you know what? I would say Eric probably. Yeah, I think that's what we've heard pretty unanimously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say Eric. Although I have a really bad habit of like doing like like musical theater with my lines. Like just like <gasps> I'm, I can't sing. So oh, I do that never. where they like they kind of sing sing song their lines. Like, right. You know, I so I can do that occasionally, but I mean consistently, probably Eric. He's a pretty talented musician to be fair. Um, yeah. So who is most likely to break out into a, um, a little dance between takes? Crystal. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> who is most likely to be found at craft services between takes? That's a tough question. Probably me. Probably <laughs> 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 line for crafty. Um, but that's because I don't ask the, uh, the tad to go and get me crafty. Like someone oh. Oh. always waiting okay. for me on my chair. <laughs> uh, who is most likely to laugh at an inappropriate time during filming? Boothie. Yep. Yeah. It, like hands down. Without question. She will start, she will, she will get to set in like, like tittering away giggling about something and then you just she just you can't you you can't look at her you can't you can't say anything god forbid you should make a fart noise uh because it'll just it'll just non-stop she just wants <laughs> like half the day will go by that's an exaggeration but yeah definitely boothy <laughs> funny so who is the best dancer among the four of you well, that's tough because um, Oliver and uh, Shane are always dancing. Uh, <laughs> they get like lessons and stuff. But you know, honestly, um, Zach Santiago, that oh, guy. Okay, oh, okay. That guy does everything. He's a <laughs> DJ. He's like a box. He was a Golden Glove boxer. He was like a flamingo dancer. Flamingo. Flamingo. Flamenco. flamingo. <laughs> Flamingo dancer. Flamingo dancer. Well, I guess flamingos do. Uh, a flamingo dancer. Uh, yeah, that guy. That guy is easily the best at, uh, dancer. Um, but of the, I don't know. Probably did some time between like Shane and or uh, yeah, Shane and Oliver probably. But they get like they they bring in like a choreographer. Like I'm not <laughs> unfair advantage. No. <laughs> We're with you. We're with you. <laughs> Um, who has the best memory? Uh, well, Rita's character is supposed to have the best memory. <laughs> um, that's probably er Eric does tons of work. So he like, he rarely flubs a line. I have a pretty terrific memory too, but probably Eric. Okay. Okay. Why? Who did they say? Uh, Eric said himself. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said, "How do he said How do I say this without sounding arrogant?" <laughs> but, but he said, "I had to I had to memorize a whole lot of stuff." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's mm -hmm. got the speeches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He's uh, 
he's for sure. He, like I said, he puts in tons and tons of work. Uh, and, and I think it shows for sure. Like mm-hmm. the show's going on, on because, because of the work he did. Mm-hmm. And then who is the best baker or cook? Do you guys bring treats to each other? Oh, it's you. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, I, oh, man. I have no idea. I have literally no idea. Uh, there's so little, when we're filming, there's so little time to, to, to do that kind of stuff. You know, like the other three are parents. So I'm oh. sort of assuming that like between the, like they must, they must make food for their kids so <laughs> and the kids are alive so it must not kill them so they must be reasonably good at it no arsenic needed it's good logic it's well, good I logic that they would need to murder their children oh dear um, <laughs> and now on dark postables uh, yeah uh yeah but, but it's not me i can say that okay, okay. yeah all right, so final question. If the four of you, Crystal, Kristen, Eric, and yourself, if the four of you were trapped on an island, what would each of you be doing until you were rescued? Um, okay. Whew, God, this, this is tough. I've had, I have to, I have to spread out the responsibility equally. Um, <laughs> You know, like the it's it's. I feel like they would in, in all three of them in one way or another would probably be keeping me alive. Uh, you know, like somebody would be building a shelter while I like you know crawled and whinged on the ground. <laughs> Who do you think would build the shelter out of the four? Uh, Eric, that guy is handsy. Yeah, that's not the right. Handsy. <laughs> That feels that doesn't handy, right. handy. That's, yeah, please don't say I said handsy. Or you can't. That's probably funny. We can um, edit it. We can edit it out. We'll get a phone call from Eric later. <laughs> Jeff said I was what? <laughs> yeah, I would hear about that for sure. Um, no, he. That guy is like he's got a farm and stuff, and like he's mm-hmm. always like talking mm-hmm. about you know fixing fences. And, moving a cord of wood here or whatever chopping stuff and so he would probably do that you know um boothy would probably be you know taking i don't know this i don't know what would she be doing she'd be like again probably keeping me from dying you know, like, <laughs> be like out mapping the area and like making sure that we knew where all the stuff was oh like, okay her and crystal they would probably be out doing that and then crystal would probably like literally just like put me somewhere and be like, do not move. <laughs> a shelter over you, idiot. You know, something like that. And then I would regale them with, with funny stories at the end of the night. <laughs> and then when you guys were working so hard. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, I'm go oh, to bed early. That's so um, funny. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where, what would happen. I'd be useless. They'd, they'd, all, they'd all have... They'd probably eat me at the end. No, they'd probably, I'd probably be dinner. Eric said you'd be trying to fish. Yeah, I, will. I probably would. Trying is like really the key there. 
Yeah. He said, he said he would be, he would be trying to fish and then he would get really, really frustrated when it wasn't working. <laughs> oh, Eric said he would do that. No, no, you, no, you. Oh, you. I would. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. I, I find, I find things that don't work as quickly as I would like them to, to incredibly frustrating. I think, uh, <laughs> I think things should work immediately, whether I have talent or experience with them. Um, yeah. Crystal said that you would probably be trying to figure out how to get off the island. And we hadn't thought of these when we interviewed Kristen. So we don't know what she would think about you. So. Well, that's good news. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure probably similar to what Crystal said, where Eric said, useless. Did you notice that they're both kind of useless? <laughs> I'd be trying to fish and being frustrated. <laughs> I'd be trying to get off the island. She did say you would get frustrated you know, yeah. trying to figure out how to get off the island too. <laughs> like a pattern. <laughs> well, I would probably have something to, you know, super important to do, right? Like mm -hmm. I'd probably, you know, need to like, I don't know, watch baseball or something. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we hear, we hear you're a very, we hear you're a very big Blue Jays fan. I am. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love baseball period, but my favorite mm -hmm. team is definitely the Blue Jays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, Jeff, this has been such a delight. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And I know that I speak for the for us here at the podcast and all the postables when we just loved listening to your stories. And thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and chat with us. We really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, it's, it's really my pleasure. I, I've been looking forward to it all week. Um, oh, wonderful. Yeah, so good I, to hear. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm... Um, I think I speak for our cast when I in in Martha when I say that we're we're really really lucky to have such a strong fan base and and have people that really continue to promote the show even though it you know it can take a bit of time in between them and, and just to to keep they I mean honestly you guys keep the show alive you know we mm -hmm. wouldn't we probably wouldn't be doing it anymore if it wasn't for you guys so well we're dying for that next one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what's going to happen. They've been working on the script forever, yeah. well, not forever but the script's yeah. been around like, for, for some time. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I can't, I really, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I have like, I like some ideas, sure. obvious, but, but um, mm -hmm. I have no, I have no, I haven't gotten any like insider information or anything. Um, but I am, I too am really looking forward to getting back to work with, uh, with everybody. It's, um, it's an incredibly fun show to do. And it's, um, I'm just, I feel very privileged to, mm -hmm. to get to uh, be a part of something so special. Well, we feel very privileged to watch you. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any social media that you want to shout out for us to, for us to follow if we're not already, or uh, we can, we can definitely help promote uh, your, your movie coming up. Um, sure. I'm so bad at this. This is like, if there's one thing that my castmates would tell me to be better at, it's probably this. <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually having to look up what my Instagram handle is. Cause I you're not the first one. You're not, you, the first you are one. not, yeah. you are not the first one to have to do that. So don't yeah. feel too bad. Jeff James. I think you can find me. I used to have, I didn't know this. I had it on private and I was like, somebody oh. was like, nobody can find you dummy. <laughs> what do I do? Just this click, 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 boop, boop. I was like, Oh shoot. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, so Jeff James on Insta and that's cool. Right. Is that what the kids say? Insta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very hip. Very hip. Really? <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That was a Norman answer right there. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll tell you what's not hip. My response right there. That wasn't hip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun. I'm cool, right? (laughs) Um, And then on Twitter, I'm at Jeff Gustafson. That's super complicated. I didn't know that either. It used to be uh, Stealthy the Eighth. (laughs) So at Jeff Gustafson on Twitter. Yeah, follow me. I'm not super active on those things, but, um, you know, we live in a pretty uh, wild world right now, and so I I do try to to be of service where I can. Um, So, yeah, if if people want to follow me, I won't say no. All right. (laughs) All right. Great. Well, thank you so, so much, and that's it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. For more juicy details and to hear what's coming up, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. And please check out our merch store for tons of postables inspired merchandise to enhance your fandom. See you next week.